Well, it's just great. As you uh, said, it is just great to have Pastor Andrew Cabal here. He's had a bit of a journey today, but it's great. He's been ministering this morning in my city, church at Boyne Island, and then, of course, this afternoon, Lifestyle at Calliope. It's great to have him in uh, Port City here tonight. So how about we just give him a good Port City welcome tonight as he comes. It's good to have you here. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Can we keep that uh, romantic music happening a little bit? Can we, can we just stand for a minute? Would that be all right? Yeah, you know, I love that Psalm, Psalm 121, verse 1. It says, I lifted up my eyes to the mountains, to the Lord. Because this is where my help comes from. It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Friend, I don't know where your help's been coming from. But miracles, they come from God, don't they? So come on, Lord, you just lift your hands in the presence of God and I don't know if you need a miracle today, but friend, you don't have to wait till the end of the service for God to touch your life. And Lord, I just pray just right now for the miraculous power of God to fall over tonight, tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Lord, everything's about to change. Everything's about to turn around. Lord, I pray, Father God, for, for maybe for night, financial miracles. Maybe that's the miracle that's required here tonight. To buy land or sell a house, pay increase. God, that your hand is not too short to do the thing that's required in, your, in our lives. Maybe, maybe you need a healing to do with your heart, perhaps. Maybe that's been broken. Maybe there's disappointment, fear and anxiety around your life. Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. So Lord, we lift our hands. I can feel the power of God in this place. Or maybe you're here, you say, you know what? Uh, I've had a bad report. This, the doctors have said this cancer. Or this is going to be your forever now. You're going to have to live with that arthritis. Or friend, it's simply not true. Because their Bible says, by His stripes we are healed. And so, Lord, we lift our hands. We create space for You, believing that You're going to fill it. That everything's going to turn. Everything's going to change. That actually this is the day that the Lord has made. And Lord, we honour You and we give You praise in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that today, why don't you give God a big shout and a clap and thank Him. Isn't He good? I believe it. I believe it. Amen. Isn't he good? Amen. All right. Well, now, why don't you turn to your, turn to your friend, have a seat, and just say to them, I like Pastor Andrew already. Just say that. <laughs> just, just prophesy that over your life. Well... You know, thank, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me today. Thank you, uh, James and Mich Michelle, um, for having me in your beautiful church and in this region. I I'm believing that tonight, the next two nights, are going to be groundbreaking moments for our friends and our family members and miracles for, for everybody. And I'm really blessed. Haven't you got the best pastors in the whole world? Don't you think that? Come on, get on one of your, your pastors. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. 
Thanks, thanks, worship team. You did a good job. I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'll, get, I'll get you back up real, real soon. <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, Pastor James uh, just for, uh, forgot to mention that I am married. Uh, that'll disappoint a few people, I'm sure. And, uh, you're hoping, but no, I'm married. Just, just across 20 years, actually. And um, when, I, when I met Janine, she put a ring on this finger and on this finger, so no matter how I hold a microphone, people know that I'm married. <laughs> She's very insecure, so I don't know what it is. But I, I look in the mirror, so I know what you've got to deal with, so that's, um, that's okay. But um, I'm, I'm blessed. I've got two beautiful boys, Samuel and Jonathan, 16 and 13, and um, we're taking applications for marriage now. So um, well, if you can see me at the resource center later for that. But we're blessed. Where else would you rather be but in the presence of God? Um, tomorrow night and uh, Tuesday night is um, specifically around the, the evangelistic and healing crusade meetings. And uh, today I wanted to take, we are going to pray for sick people today, but I wanted to bring context around the miraculous as fast as I can um, to, to help you receive, keep, and maintain a healing, and to believe again for the miraculous. Because um, the fight's long, isn't it? And, um, and certainly that's the story of my life. I'll share my testimony in a minute. But I want to talk to you um, just in the lead-in as we talk around um, the message today about a very interesting subject of um, the two-sided coin. And, um, you know, often in the, in the Word of God and in the Bible, there's like two sides of the, the the same truth, if you know what I mean, like like salvation. So salvation's an interesting thing, and we talk about this uh, that you know that God is a God of grace, and 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 that's one side of, of the character of God that God is a God of grace. But as we read the Bible, we understand that while we have breath, there's grace. That's what he, that's what we're taught. We know that. But we know that there's one day that's not grace. Who remembers that day? It's a day of, it's called judgment. So there's grace while you've got breath. <sighs> we find God's forgiveness and, 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 and stuff like that. But salvation has also, like God's moment, is also judgment. So there's a day of judgment. When we go to heaven, he judges what we've done and what we've said. That's what the Bible teaches us. But while you have breath, we live in grace, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But interestingly enough, the same with healing. See, there's the instantaneous, and then there's the process. Instantaneous is lightning bolt God. Everybody loves lightning bolt God. So basically, you don't have to do a lot to, to, to receive that. It's kind of like you sit there and magically... Sometimes God does that. I'm, I believe in lightning bolt God. In fact, as a healing evangelist, that's kind of like my sweet spot. But Janine is more of a process girl, talking about process, talking about the journey of healing. So part of Janine's story is that Janine had anorexia and bulimia. It's a large story around her life where she was sexually abused at a very young age, at the age of eight. Um, big story where she lived with drug lords for a while in South America and met the devil in a dream and all these kinds of things. But when I had met Janine, she was free from this. 
I don't often share this, but I feel like tonight is an appropriate night to do it because I feel like somebody may be journeying this even right now. When we were six months into marriage, we were running, I was running New Zealand's largest youth conference called Get Smart, which is about 3,500 uh, daytime delegates and about 600 young people in our youth ministry. Janine was a career person. She was going to be the ambassador for Australia and Indonesia, and she was hanging around doctors and lawyers and stuff like that. When she married me, she thought I was like a puppy. I was a youth pastor. You know what I mean? I was just like a little play toy. Um, but God arrested her, and, and she got involved in ministry. But six months into her ministry, she was working for an airline, and she was sexually abused in this airline industry, which brought on the anorexia and bulimia again. Uh, she has self-admitted herself into a mental institution, and the doctor rang me telling me where my wife was. So I was very upset about this, and, um, and a little bit naive. I didn't really know what to do. You know, when you're married, they don't tell you um, all the tricks of the trade, if you know what I mean. But the doctor said to Janine, we cannot help you, uh, heal you. All we can do is medicate you, and you'll be on this medication for the rest of your life. That's what they said to her. And Janine said, that's not good enough. I'm out of here. Janine arrived home. Um, I picked her up. We arrived home. And probably for about three hours in our living room, we hugged and we cried. And I stepped back and I looked at my wife and I said, Janine, I don't know how to fix you. All I know what to do is to pray and to believe God for a miracle. And she said, that's good enough. And for three months, we prayed and we fasted together, asking God for a breakthrough. God showed Janine seven things that she needed to do to see a mindset free. You see, the devil attacks our mind, not just guys, girls, but guys also. We're tormented by the devil. That's the devil's playground is our mind. So one of the things that God showed Janine that she needed to do is to read the Bible morning and night. Because the Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Many of us want a miracle, but we don't want to pay the price for our miracle. You don't want to go to church, you don't want to read your Bible, and you don't want to pray, but you want the miracle. You want lightning bolt God to take away all your problems. But sometimes you have to do something to receive your miracle. Whether it's, whether it's showing yourself to a priest, dipping yourself in the, in the, in the river, pulling out... Uh, hand out, you know, with it hand out, um, there may be something to, to do with your, your miracle. You understand what I'm saying? One of the things that God, Janine had been a vegetarian for seven years, and God said to her, You needed to eat meat. You're a good, good father. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're a, oh, sorry. I just, every time I say that, I feel so good about that. Because God is kind. But you see, I was with Janine. Come on, just stay with me for a little bit because I was with Janine when we went to Coles and she brought a steak, came home, put it on the fry pan and even the smell of it cooking was making her sick. I was there when she cut a little slither and put it in her mouth, balking at the feeling of it in her mouth. Seven years. You see... And the question I'm asking you tonight is, how much do you want your miracle? Because Janine, God, Janine gave, God gave Janine a pattern to see her mind set free. 
and but we don't want to do the practical thing sometimes because we think, well, that's why is why is that important? But it's the little things sometimes that can open the door for that miracle to happen. And now Janine travels the world telling people how to set her mindset free. Janine talks about how the mirror, she'd look in the mirror. This is unbelievable. She'd look in the mirror when she's putting her lipstick on. And the mirror, like a Walt Disney character, would talk back to her, you know, like a fairy tale. And say, Janine, you're not pretty. You're never going to achieve. And it's funny how sneaky the devil is. It's not my agenda to wave a pink book around. But it certainly would be my goal that every girl, every mum, every daughter would get hold of princess. Talking about the um, Esther in the Bible, the fourth themes of Esther's life in her, in her life and her identity. Because I believe that every girl should live out their destiny to the fullest. But I'm telling you that the devil does not want you to do it and will try to limit you in that way. Janine's story is on here, this USB, and her teaching, uh, um, and my story as well, which I think is a little bit better than Janine's. <laughs> Who knows that everything's a competition? Isn't that right, Pastor James? <laughs> everything's a competition because she had anorexia and bulimia, which is impressive, but I had leukemia, which I think is a little bit better than that. I I'm just saying, just saying. Um, I'm just joking, just in case that's offensive for somebody. But truly, at the age of 13 years old, I was, uh, had leukemia, and for five years, I fought that. Uh, in the middle part of my uh, life, um, when, I was, when I was 15, uh, middle part of uh, my journey with cancer, I, a pretty girl asked me to youth group, and I said yes, and I got saved in a little Presbyterian church. And then six months after that, uh, the leukemia came back. I was diagnosed to be terminal. My um, my invitation from my uh, Catholic priest, um, my parents organized my Catholic priest to come into my hospital and prepare me for burial, giving me my last rites, my last sac uh, sacraments. And, um, and then about two hours later, these little Presbyterian youth pastors came into our hospital with holding a big Bible and said, we believe that we've got a different report. God's going to heal you. This, this is not going to lead to death. And, um, and I didn't believe them. You know, and I say that because once you've fought for five years, come on, somebody. Some of you have been fighting for a long time. Fought for five years for my healing, believing God that he could do something. And now you're telling me in this 11th hour that God is going to heal me. I could have said to them, why tease me? Why, te why get my hopes up now? Why, why tease me? I could have asked them to leave. But the very fact that I allowed them to pray for me I think it was enough faith, a whiff of faith, a sniff of faith, that God says, you know what, I'll take that. And, 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 the, and the, the fact that I allowed them to pray for me, God, God healed me. And that's why I don't think that God's going to heal people. I know he's going to heal people because God healed me. And it is a different kind of faith and knowing a, a cheekiness inside of me. I was so thin you could have seen every rib of my body with one hand. You could put my whole hand around my thigh and touch both sides I was very sick and yet God did it and so I, here we are and then we've got then, yeah well most people clap at that point but feel free you know <laughs> I still, I'm, I'm still clapping and then we've got this uh, other US so it's got 13 other messages on here my story Janine's story and then Be Healed which is a USB from our healing conferences Hundreds and hundreds of messages. I went through every single one of them, picked out 13 I thought, which was the best, 
how to talk about living in the miraculous. And we are in a day and an age where we need to know about the miraculous. And the dark is getting darker and the light needs to get lighter. And, um, and I really believe it's going to help people keep uh, and maintain their healing. Because the devil comes to rob, rob what? Well, everything. And so hopefully that's going to be a blessing to you. Let me, let me, let me just jump into this um, thought about living in limitless faith. You know, Luke 1 verse 37 says, Nothing is impossible with God. And I have to believe that as a healing evangelist when I'm praying for people who are terminal. And I look at this situation and it looks so desperate and so dark. But I have to know and stand on, on the cornerstone that with God, nothing's impossible. Actually, it's limitless, isn't it? You know, there's a great story in Matthew 8 verse 5 about the centurion. It says that, now that Jesus entered the Capraham, a centurion came pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And isn't it true that often it's when, it's when you're lying down, that's when the torment comes? That's what Janine would say. When it was often when she's lying, just about before you go to sleep, that's when the devil would come and whisper to her. That's when he'd bring accusations. That's when regret comes. It's, it's at the nighttime. Does anybody believe that? I believe that as well. He, 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 not only is he paralyzed, but he's dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. How nice. The centurion answered, Lord, I'm not worthy that you'd come under my roof. And none of us are worthy, are we, of God's goodness? But yet he still comes. He still touches their life. But only say, but only speak a word. Everybody say, speak a word. And my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes to another. Um, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. <laughs> Sound, feels like marriage, doesn't it? And when he heard it, he marveled. Everybody say, he marveled. And he said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I've not found so much great faith, not even in Israel. Let's, let's just drop down to 13. Then he said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so it will be done for you. And his servant was healed this very hour. I love this passage because he, he is for you. That's what I love about Jesus. He's for you. He says that Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And I, and I think about that. I think about that Jesus went to huge lengths to die on the cross for our salvation. I mean, you can't get any more for you than that. Like, that's just right at the top of the game. And as Christians, don't we? We receive Christ into our life when we have done that, which is easy for us now as we reflect. We go, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for our salvation. But friends, we have to understand on the same day, <laughs> on the same day, he introduced healing into this process because it says by his stripes we are healed. And so like healing, uh, like salvation, we receive that with ease. Well, well you know, we, we know that as a common theme. But oftentimes we, we're jittering around healing. Like, oh, you know, I'm not sure it's 50-50 whether he will heal. He will heal either instantly or through a process. But we know that he will heal. If we find him, we will heal him. So, so what's the problem? Where, where, where's, where's it jarring? We have to understand that the, we're in a fight for our healing. We're in a fight for our miracle sometimes because we know that there's an enemy. In John 10, verse 10, it says, 
the thief, the devil, only comes, and I hate it, he only comes, one agenda, to steal and to kill and to destroy. But again, that I have come, Jesus talking, that you would have life and life in all of its fullness. I can tell you right now, in this church, the devil does not want you to win. He does not want you to be healed today. He does not want your marriage to be blessed. He wants you to remain the same, beaten up, broken, and depressed. He wants your marriage to be just a disaster. He would be happy if you were lukewarm. You know, maybe not committing adultery or having seances or something like that, but, but not really living for God either. Like, just, just in the middle, just backslidden and bleh, just warm. Putrid, come to church, but then forget them on Monday. Just in the in-between. That's the, like, icky, yucky thing. Like, that's, the, the, that's what the devil wants you to live like. And I'm telling you, the devil is real as you can imagine. Like, he's, he's real. And he doesn't want you to win. But he, God says, listen, I'm for you. And not only that, I want you to have life and life abundantly. That sounds like a pretty good God to me. And this is what he's saying. There's a fight going on, but you know what? The, the, the guy has a revelation. This is what he's got. He's got, the, he's got the revelation from heaven. The centurion answered and says, Lord, Lord, I'm not worthy. You come under my feet, but speak a word and my servant will be healed. Shut the gate. I mean, how good is this guy? Speak a word and my servant will be healed. I mean, why is he saying that? Why is he doing that? Now, I, I, I've got a son, 13 years old. If my son had cancer, right, and he was in hospital, and I was talking to Pastor James, and we're just talking, 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 and James says to me, listen, Andrew, I've got a word for your son. I'm going to pray for him, and without a doubt, he's going to be healed. I would be, I would be excited. I would be excited. I would say to James, let's go to the hospital. I'd open the door, perhaps. We'll go. We'll get a latte on the way. I'd ring Janine, say, we're going to hospital. Samuel's going to be healed. It's going to be a great day. There's no way I am going to say, speak a word, James. I mean, I know he's good, (laughs) but I'm not going to do it because I want him in the room. So why why is this guy saying what he's saying? Because maybe he understood in Genesis 1, 1 to 3, where God said, let there be light. And there was. And I don't know how the centurion understood, but maybe he thought that if Jesus was up there speaking the creation into being with a word, that maybe the same God who's standing before him, come on, somebody, could speak a word, and the same thing would happen, that a creative miracle would happen to his friend. If he'd worked up there, somebody, maybe it would work down here. And who knows, friend, that the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. Come on. That we believe, we've got to believe this, that if it worked up here and it worked down there, maybe it could work in here. That maybe, maybe God can work through us. The centurion had faith and knew that God can speak a word. Then Jesus heard it and he marveled. (laughs) I like it when God doesn't know what's going on. 
Like, you know, like, so, you know, pretty much everywhere else he knows what's happening. But here he's like, this is awkward. I don't know, what's going on? Why, why is that? Because Jesus had to be in the room before this for miracles to happen. He had to put his hand on somebody. He had to speak into a situation. There was no, like, speaking a word. Like, he had to be around. He's probably thinking, what's this, what's this guy, the centurion, doing? I reckon the centurion had faith. I reckon maybe in the biggest tents at late at night, they would be warming their hands by the fire, talking about the miraculous, hearing for the first time that lepers could be healed. Never before in the history of the world could lepers be healed, but now. And somehow the centurion heard it. He would have been saying, he would have wanted to thrown up a little thought, Gabriel, come here, come here, come here, come here. Gabriel's like, yes, Lord. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know what's this human's thinking. Why is he thinking that thing? It's like, Jesus is like, I don't know. They're like having a little debate. And Jesus is like scratching his head. I don't, I don't know, what, where, does, where does Jesus go for help? It's like asking Gabriel. Gabriel, what do you think? And, and Gabriel's probably thinking, wow, Lord, I think he knows. Like, well, knows what? I think he knows you're God. <laughs> Human, this guy, the centurion, knows that I'm God. He says, no greater faith than all of Israel. He knows. What does he know? He knows that God's real and he's big. And those two facts change everything. Now the centurion is tapped into something because now for the first time, God is limitless. He doesn't have to be in the room for miracles to happen. It's, it's, it's everywhere and it's anywhere and it's anyhow. It's limitless. One of the worship team, uh, maybe the keyboarders could just come up. That would be good for a start. It says, uh, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, so will be done for you. Hmm. It's kind of like what I was talking about. Who believed? The centurion believed. He said, as you believed. You know, it's, it's funny that God, all the way through the Bible, just about every, every good Bible story involves a person doing something. Whether it's a conversation, but there's something inside, there's some activation happening. <laughs> as you believed. As you believed. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of faith. I told you my story. But just a whiff. Just a seed. All it takes is a seed. Does it? Not much. The very fact you're in the room tonight may be enough faith for God to do what He needs to do. Just that you turned up. Other people could have turned up. They didn't turn up. But you turned up. Maybe that's enough. Okay, well, we're not there yet. Okay, let's, uh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do maybe one more story and then, we'll, we'll, can I just get that one? Yeah, I just need, yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it this way. For a bit. Um, 
What about this story in Luke 8? Talk about the woman with the issue of blood. Let's just think about that for a minute. Uh, she came up behind him, verse 44, and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately the bleeding stopped, 12 years of bleeding. Who touched me? Jesus asked. And they all denied him. Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pushing against you. But Jesus said, Somebody touched me. I know it because power has gone out from me. The woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told him why she had touched him. Wow. And how she had been instantly healed. And he said to her daughter, come on somebody, your faith has healed you. Can you imagine 12 years of bleeding? Sickness is costly. It can cost you your job, your family, your marriage. It's tough. 12 years of this thing. Maybe she heard the stories of the miraculous. Maybe she heard about the story of a man who had been dead for three days and walked out of that tomb all dressed up in his grave. The first mummy movie was born. <laughs> she, had, she had some kind of faith. She would have known, listen to me. She would have known that Jesus, as a high priest, as a priest, being unclean, could not put his hand on her. He would never talk to her. So she decided in herself, not from the law, but in herself. If I can't talk to him, if he can't put his hand on me, if he won't speak a word over me, maybe I can touch his garment secretively and that would be enough. So the crowd is everywhere. So she sneaks up, sneaks up, touches his clock. Healing. Power comes into her body. And Jesus looks around and says, somebody, somebody touched me. Power's gone out. You could translate it as if somebody had faith. And all the disciples says, Jesus, there's too many. But she couldn't go unnoticed. And what does she do? She comes trembling. Why? Because she thought she was going to get told off. And what does Jesus do? He's so beautiful. He says, daughter, brings her close. Why? Because he's for you. Brings her close. And he says, your faith has made you. Wow. First a word, now a touch. We're not there yet. Acts 5. Okay, one more and that's our promise. As a result, Acts 5.15, as a result, as a result, people brought, I like preaching this, sick people, people brought sick, people brought sick people into the street and laid them on their beds and mats so at least Peter's shadow might fall on them. Crowds gathered from around the towns of Jerusalem bringing their sick people who were tormented by impure spirits. 
and all were healed. I love this. Because imagine, <laughs> I love Bible stories because they're real. And Peter, Peter waking up that day and looking at a shadow, going, wow, you look anointed. Me and you, Shadow, we're going to heal some people today. You know what I mean? Like, oh, have you lost weight? Oh, you're looking. No, when, when Peter was walking down the street and people were getting healed, honestly, I think Peter would have been going, wow. Wow. He had no idea that that day his shadow was going to heal people. God stole the show. But could you imagine the first guy being put there on the road? Now remember this, friends. Jesus has gone. He's not, he ain't in the picture anymore. So Jesus can't be in the room. Jesus can't put his hand on you. You can't touch his garment anymore. There's none of that. But maybe, but maybe a disciple, maybe somebody from Port City who's fired up, maybe if they were to pray for me, the power of God would touch them. Maybe if they lay hands on me, I could be healed of cancer. Maybe if they're full of faith. Maybe somebody who's been under a shadow. Maybe a disciple for the last three years has been under the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Maybe somebody anointed, maybe, maybe they would believe. Friend. He's paralyzed, his legs don't work. And Peter starts to walk. The crowd, there's too many. They start crying out, Peter, over here. They can't, can't be seen. Peter, he's going to pass by. He's going to pass by. Could you? But now, As they look past and they look at a shadow and they reach and touch the shadow. As they touch it, his legs, his legs are strong. My ligaments, my muscles, everything is changing. He gets up, he can walk. He turns to his friend, says, Touch the shadow, touch the shadow, runs. Touch the shadow. And the Bible says that all were healed. Who believed that shadows could heal people? Was it the sick person? No. The Bible says that the people brought them and laid them down that at least a shadow. Imagine putting somebody down. Friend, 
You might not, Peter might not touch you. The crowd might be too big. But just touch his shadow. Friend, just touch it. it it'll be, he may, he may not see you, but if the shadow comes, why touch it? Who said, the people said it, friends. Some of you have already made up your mind whether you'll come tomorrow, whether you'll bring your friend. You've already made up your mind. But friend, I want you to know that with God, it is limitless. That nothing is impossible. If you would just believe again, I'm here to stir your faith. I'm here to tell you that God is real and He's big and those things change everything. My brother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. He's got prostate cancer, cancer in his bladder, and cancer in other parts of his body. I'm the youngest of eight in my family. It's complicated. My mom is like the boss of the family. It's like the mafia. Hey, I'll go around. You know, she's like going to tell you what's going on. She rings me up. She said, your, brother, your brother's sick. You've got to go down to the hospital and pray for him. I said, Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm already on my way. He's not saved. In fact, he's very anti-church, very hurt. I walk into the room, and you can feel attention in the room. Have you ever walked in and you got the heebie-jeebies? Also, yucky feeling. I was there, and it felt like there was death already in the room. I said to my brother, we were just talking, and I said, I've come to pray for you. A friend was visiting, his friend, and she begins to yell at me and, and swear at me and says, who do you think you are coming in and, and doing all this? And I said, who are you? And, and she said, I'm your, I'm your brother's friend and school teachers together. And I said, well, I'm the brother, so I win. <laughs> I'm the brother, I win. Who are you? I'm the brother, I win. I said to my brother, can I pray for you? He goes, yes. There are other people in the room, like other patients. And so I pull, you know that flimsy little curtain? I pull the curtain for privacy. Who knows there's no privacy? Pull the curtain for privacy. And I begin to pray. I think if I've got one shot, I might as well go for it. So I'm praying, praying, praying. As I look up, I can feel an atmosphere beginning to change in the room. And the curtains begin to move even though there's no windows open or air conditioning blowing as the Holy Spirit comes into that room. Halfway through my prayer, I haven't even finished yet, my brother stops and he says, Andrew, everything's going to be okay now. I said, I can't believe you would say that because I know your words and your thoughts locate you. And what you believe here is going to affect your, affect, affect your healing. And I said to him, I said, that's so amazing you would say that. Keep on saying that for the next 48 hours. As I'm standing talking to him, I can hear the Holy Spirit talking to me. And he says to me, Andrew, prophesy over him. Tell him that the cancer is now gone, that in two days' time, they're going to release him from hospital, that his bladder is, will be fully formed, fully functioning, and they're going to say that we've misdiagnosed. And I remember saying to the Holy Spirit, but Lord... If I get it wrong, if I say it, and then it doesn't happen, he won't believe. 
That will be the end. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, Andrew, I'm limitless. And I remember just thinking, God, God, I don't know if I can do it. And so I said to my brother, can I pray for you one more time? And he said to me, wasn't the first time good enough? And I said, can I pray one more time? And he goes, all right. So, we, so I said, just close your eyes. And then I said to him, the Holy Spirit is telling me that the cancer is gone, that your bladder is going to be fully functioning, fully working, that in two days' time they're going to let you out and they're going to say they've misdiagnosed and there'll be an apology from the, from the head of staff. He's weeping, I'm weeping. Mum rings me up in the, the next afternoon because that's how it works in our family. And she says, your brother rang me, says he's feeling much better. And uh, I said, oh, okay, that's good, Mum. And um, two days later, he's released from hospital. Although he, his bladder was completely shriveled up, it's now fully formed. And although they couldn't explain that, they said that they misdiagnosed his cancer and, um, and he was released from hospital. I'm telling you, even... What I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is even as a healing evangelist, I need reminders from the Holy Spirit to keep on reminding me it's limitless, that it's nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing's impossible. You think, oh, no, but he can't. Yes, no, he can. Nothing's impossible. You know, uh, tonight, tomorrow night, the next night, I want to explain something. We, we're going to have a salvation moment. Because I believe it's so important that we're in relationship with God. Knowing God, walking with God, I want to explain what's going to happen before we pray for sick people so that you don't feel tricked. So your family don't feel tricked or manipulated in any way. But in a moment, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Not now, but in a moment. Because I want you to feel comfortable bringing unsaved people tomorrow night. Because when you close your eyes, isn't it true that everything disappears, but your soul and your thoughts are illuminated? And when we close our eyes and consider that, I want you to ask a question to your soul. Am I in relationship with God? And I reckon it's an honest prayer. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God will talk to you. Maybe there's not like an audible voice booming down from heaven. But certainly there would be a knowing, a prompting inside your spirit that would acknowledge what's happening in your life. And for many here, actually, I know, you already know the answer. And so it's a choice, isn't it, to respond to the Holy Spirit. As we're pondering that thought, I want to pray for you. At the end of the prayer, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, or perhaps for the first time, ask Jesus to come into your life, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand so I can see who I'm praying for, I'm going to ask you to put it down, just where you're seated, and all together we're going to pray a prayer asking Jesus to come into your life as your Lord and Savior. I'm amazed how powerful prayer is. Like, if I was in charge of salvation, I would make it more complicated. You would have to give a million dollars to charity or at least pray a thousand hours. But no, he says one prayer is enough. Connection to God, a relationship with God, that's what he wants. And so that's imp impressive, isn't it? The one prayer can heal you of cancer,
can heal my brother of, of, of my, my life of, of leukemia. I've seen people who are blind, healed. Amazing things happen. The power of prayer is amazing. And as you're pondering that moment, and we're praying that salvation prayer together or out loud, I would also like to invite you to pray that prayer with me. Because I think that this is an important moment. And to skip past it like it's not is, you know, maybe a miss. To put weight on this moment, to allow the Holy Spirit to touch your life could be a great thing to do. And so I invite you to come forward and pray that prayer with me also, if you would like me to do that. And so that would be a great thing. And now we're going to, and then after that, we're going to pray for people, for healing and for miracles to take place in your life, which is going to be exciting. So why don't we take a moment and just close your eyes. For some people, to just to, even to close your eyes, <laughs> well, that could be a hard thing as well. But friend, you've come this far, huh? So why not give God this window? Why don't you give him this opportunity to come? And as you're pondering that thought, am I in relationship with God? Let me pray for you. God, I, I do thank you for those people who are here for the first time, second time. Maybe visiting from another church. But they're saying, Andrew, it's true. I know about God. But if I'm honest, I'm not really in relationship with God, not the way you're talking about. When I was thinking about these meetings, I felt like God was talking to me, saying there are numerous people here, actually, who, as they reflect about 2018, just know that it was an absolute train wreck, that the last 12 months has been painful. And as you reflect on those months, you know that you've been doing life without God. But you need God in the center of your life. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, Andrew, you know what? It is sin that's separating me from God. A wrong relationship, perhaps. Or a secret sin that nobody else would know about, but we know that God sees everything. Or maybe you're here today and you're saying, Andrew, if I was to face death like you had to as a teenager, Andrew, I don't really know where I'd be if I was to walk out of this room, get hit by a car, stand before God. I don't know if I'd be in heaven or hell. There'd be a fear and uncertainty around that moment, but would you pray with me so I can have a relationship with God, walk in that relationship, have an assurance of my salvation. Friend, if, you, if that's you, you're in one of those categories. Just where you sit it right now. I want you to just lift up your hand. I'll see who I'm praying for in just a moment and ask you to put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me? Thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me? Something has to turn. Something has to shift. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me? Thank you. See that hand, young man? Who else is saying, that's me? Something's turning. Something's shifting. Thank you. Thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me? Something's shifting. Something has to turn. I've got to be honest. Friend, when are you going to be honest with God? When are you going to be honest? This is the moment. Of course the devil doesn't want you to win. Of course the devil doesn't want you to lift up your hand. He doesn't want you to do that at all. He wants you to remain the same, beaten up, broken, and de depressed. But you're coming to Jesus today. Friend, give God this window in Jesus' name. Who else today? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. I have to lift. I have to do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else today? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Something has to turn. Thank you, thank you. Who else? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Is there somebody else? Somebody else, you're saying, oh man, maybe it's your very first time or it's been a long time. 
and you, but you just know and you know it. You've got to do it. Tonight's the night. Give God this moment. Who knows where God's going to take you, what He's going to do with your life. Is there one more person you're saying, Andrew, that's me. Lift your hand just right now. Thank you so much. Well, why don't we do it this way as well? Why don't we just, every person that lifted your hand, or maybe you didn't, but you know you should, could you just lift it just one more time so I can see, nice and high so I can see, and I even like to count. I'm going to, God counts, I'm an evangelist, so we're counting because the Bible says even one who's saved. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, at least twelve people right here. Thirteen, I see that as well. Thank you so much. Let's give a big hand even just for doing that. Amen. <laughs> so good. Amazing, amazing. We're all going to stand and we're going to pray this prayer together. And um, come on, when we stand, we're going to pray this prayer together. And as I said um, afterwards, if you would like me to pray for you, I'd love to pray for you personally because I think this is a big deal. So put your hand on your heart and pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, tonight I ask you into my life as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I give you total control. Help me live for you every day in your presence. Restore to me the first love of my heart. Forgive me for any wrongs, for any sin. Because I know you died on a cross to take away the sin of the world. Take away my sin. Today I thank you that I am a child of God. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray for you. God, I thank you for every person that lifted their hand. Or perhaps didn't lift their hand, but prayed this prayer with earnest. Lord, you see everything. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your word teaches us that the, the old us goes and the new comes. That we are like new creations. And God, I pray, Father God, as we learn to grow in you, Father God, that our lives will never be the same again. Miracle after miracle after miracle. And friend, we just... I want you to know, just with your eyes closed, that you're joining the kingdom of God, but you're joining the family of God as well. And that's why church is so important, that we do life together and help one another. And I'm believing that right here, that this is going to be the family of God for you. I want to thank you. And give God all the praise. Let's give him another clap and thank him for it doing that today. It's a beautiful day. Somebody give God some praise in this place. Isn't God good? Well, let me just, let me just say this, because I, I really believe that God wants to touch people's lives. But tomorrow night and tonight, when we, let me just give a little teaching around healing just for a minute. When we have a word of knowledge for people, if, um, it would be good if you just came forward quickly. So that's like um, if somebody calls out a condition like hearing loss or something like that, you think, oh, that's, I've got had hearing loss. Maybe that's me. That is you. So come out and then we'll pray for you. When I'm praying for somebody on stage or anywhere, actually, I'm pretty much thinking this could be my mum or my dad, my brother, my sister. 
and it changes the way that I pray. Because who knows that everybody wants mum to be healed. When I'm praying for people, we should all be praying, thinking this is your mum or this is your father, because I believe you'd stretch out your hand and scream the place down, and I believe that prayers are powerful. We have to believe that, that every prayer counts. I believe that. And that's why more people get healed, I believe, in church than outside of church, because it's the corporate anointing. When I'm praying for you, it would be appropriate of you to hold out your hands like so, like you're about to receive a gift. It's complicated. I haven't got almost time to talk about it. But our posture matters to God. And, um, and so just trust me on that. Um, and then also just uh, in, when I'm praying for you, you, you don't need to do all the praying. Just in your head, just go, God, thank you for healing me a thousand times over. Why? Because Psalm 121 says, I lifted up my eyes to the Lord. This is where my help comes from. And I don't, I don't want you to look to me or what I'm trying to do. I want you to look to heaven. And as you look to him, then I know that God uses people. So that's all fine. But look to him. God, thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing me. Your words, your thoughts locate you. God, thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing me. And just let the Holy Spirit just touch your life. Often people say to me when I'm praying for them, they feel warmth come through their body. Whether you feel something or not, it doesn't necessarily matter. The whole point is that pain goes, ligaments are fixed or whatever, is the issue is happening in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. So if you've got pain in your body, let's just do it this way tonight for time. If you've got pain in your body, why don't you slip out of your seat, kind of stand in the front, and we'll begin to pray for people. That would be, that'd be a good thing to do. If you want to come, that's, we, we, we can just do it like that. That would be, be good. Specifically, um, I'd like to pray for somebody, a lady, I think. I feel like God gave me a word for some, some, the services. Uh, a lady, perhaps, who had been in a car accident maybe a few years ago, and even as you came today, it was awkward for you because you're in pain in your body. Your joints are in pain. Uh, so if, if that is you, um, can I pray for you as a uh, first? Who was that person? And you're in a, in a car accident. Well, was that you, darling? So what, what's been happening? How, how long ago were you in the car accident? 24 years ago. 20, that's too long. The pastor should have asked me sooner. What's he doing? You had to wait 24 years. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'd love to pray for you. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's, let's, are we going to pray? Are you waiting for me? Come on, let's stretch out your hands. Let's pray and believe God. Let's believe God for that. Let's believe God for that. Are you with somebody today? Have you got a friend? You got some friends over there? That's a a nice little crew. Father, in the name of Jesus, right here, right now, the power of God's going to come. Is your back very sore? Here we go. Yeah. Here comes the power of God. I can feel it coming all over your life. Do you know... uh, We've had so many people walking out of wheelchairs these days. We've kind of lost count. But for sure, we've had like 24 people write into us saying that they've received a complete healing. Miracle after miracle in their life. Lord, I rebuke 24 years of pain. 
24 years of sickness. I bind and break its power in the name of Jesus, and I speak healing over this life, that this would be the day that the Lord has made. Everything's going to turn. Everything's going to change. Lord, I rebuke sickness. I rebuke paralysis. God, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. Here comes the power of God right here, right now. I can feel healing coming through my hands, going down your spine, into your pelvis, into your legs, into your knees right now in the name of Jesus. Everything's going to turn around. Everything's going to change. I come against pain, the spirit of pain, to shift off your life in the name of Jesus. All these years of pain, all these years of pain in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Sweetheart, just with your eyes closed, just keep on saying, God, thank you for healing me. But let me speak into your situation. Because you know one of the things that the Lord is just showing me is you, and it sounds like a strange picture, but I see you walking through coals unaided, shopping, laughing at the goodness of God. I see you collecting tomatoes and bread and putting them in your basket, smiling, smiling, smiling. And I know that's the Holy Spirit just showing me your future, showing me your tomorrow. And God, I just thank you for that beautiful picture, Lord, that you're showing me. Everything's about to change. Everything's about to turn around. Miracle after miracle after miracle in Jesus' name. Sweetheart, how are you feeling as I'm praying for you? You're feeling good? <laughs> I like you. We should be friends on Facebook or something. Oh, my gosh. How beautiful. Can you feel that warmth coming through my hand? You can feel it? Yep. Oh, I can feel it too. That's called the Holy Spirit. That's called healing. And I know that God is going to do that great thing for you in Jesus' name. How are your legs feeling, by the way? They feel good? They were? Can you, can you can we stand up just for a little bit? Just How, how are you going with that, by the way? Should we, should we give it a go? Yeah. Might as well. We, we're some ushers. Can somebody come and help me? Are you, are you an usher? You look like an usher. This guy. All right. Don't worry about that. I've got one leg shorter than my. I've got a whole bunch of problems. Don't worry about that. Come and just hold our other side. I'm just going to pray. We're just going to walk and walk and walk and walk. Just, we're just small steps. Just small steps, darling. Just small steps. But I'm telling you right now, the power of God's going to come on your life. Isn't that the devil? He's trying to get the dress. He's trying to get the dress. The devil's such a flirt. He's trying to get your dress. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, God, the power of God. That's it, sweetheart. Everything's turning around. Everything's changing in Jesus' name. I'm praying that that leg straightens as well. How are you feeling as we're going? You feel good? I told you we should be friends on Facebook. If you write to me, I'll write back. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just command that vertebrae to straighten and strengthen in Jesus' name. Just stay there, just one second, just stay there right now. Father, in the name, let me put my hand on your back. They're going to hold you. Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I command that leg to straighten, strengthen in Jesus' name. The power of God walking free. I can see you walking through that Coles. Mm, I hope you shop at Coles. Maybe you shop at Aldi. But anyway, whatever supermarket it is, it's not going to matter. Everything's going to turn. Everything's going to change. In Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name, everything changing now. Everything turning around now. In Jesus' name. You're so brave. You're so brave. I do think, like, come on, we'll just take a couple more steps. How are you feeling? Is it always a, is a pain leaving? Do you feel like yeah. the pain's leaving? Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good. Walking too. My foot's going down better. Your foot's going down better? Yeah. <laughs> Sweetheart, listen, what I want to do, I need, I need to pray for you just for a little bit more. Uh, it's called it's called working in miracles. And, and uh, could, could you give me like three more minutes? And... Um, but what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to pray for some other people because I, I know that time's just going. Yeah. But you're a VIVIP guest, and I can feel the Holy Spirit just working in your life. That's what's happening. Friends, when I've prayed for people, I was at Hillsong in South Africa, 22 years in a wheelchair, and this lady began to walk. She hadn't walked in 22 years. I've never seen anybody get up and run. Do you know what I mean? It's always been small steps. But small steps are amazing steps. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I haven't seen people who've never walked for 22 years just run across the room. I'd like to see it. I haven't seen it. But I have seen them get up and walk, which is as big as being her. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like it's big. So this is why I'm, so I'm talking about working in miracles, just helping people just journey those things. Instantaneous process. Do you know what I'm, Anyway, that's good. Why are you smiling? Oh, because I'm happy. <laughs> why, why are you happy? What are you feeling? Because I just walked. Is that a big deal for you? Oh, you bet it is. <laughs> yeah. I really, really like you. Oh, yeah. You. Yeah, I think Janine might get jealous if we just kind of hang out too much. But listen... We're gonna. We, we need to pray for people. So can you help her with her wheelchair just for a, a little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna sit you down. But then I'm gonna come back and pray. I live in Sydney, so I've got nowhere else to go. Oh, so we we're, we're hanging on. Okay, beautiful. Come on, let's give God a clap and thank Him. Amen. Proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Let me let me just walk. Let me just walk to the back. Let me walk. I feel like the Holy Spirit just telling me, "Who's got the hip problem? Have you? Who's got a hip problem? A hip problem? Who's got a hip problem? I feel like there's somebody. That's why you. And uh, uh, I have I have got a sore hip. I was looking straight at you. I have got a sore hip. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you forget about it. No, you're a bad. You're a bad, bad, bad. No, I'm just joking, joking. But it's funny because. Uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit said it had to get you because you wouldn't come up because you're always helping other people. You're always helping other people, dear, but God wants to heal you. You don't have, you don't have to be like this anymore. And I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad the Lord found you, you know, today. Um, we're, we're, um, can you put your hand on her hip? Uh, is it this hip, darling? Is it that one? Both hips, all right. I would put my hand on your hip, but Janine gets jealous. <laughs> I'm kidding. God still works when you're smiling. Come on, friends. 
you don't have to be weird to be powerful. And you keep your eyes open, God still works. He loves people. He's kind. He's a kind God. He really is kinder than we think. What's your name, dear? Beautiful. Beth, here we go. Put your hands out to Beth. Here comes Beth. Everything's about to turn. Everything's about to change. You know, I just really believe that God's going to use you in amazing ways. He hears your prayers, Beth. He hears your prayers. You're going to see many people come to Christ, many, many miracles, even through your hands. But I come against infirmity and sickness and pain over these hips and other joints too, Beth. And I command them to shift right now in Jesus' name. And the healing power of God is going to fall on your life in Jesus' name. He sees everything, Beth. That's the thing. He sees everything. And He saw you tonight. He saw you tonight. And He's going to heal you. And you're going to laugh at the goodness of God. One of the things I'm telling you, I see you waking up at 1 o'clock in the morning in pain and worry, the worries of the world. But you don't need to worry anymore, Beth. In fact, you're going to have to set your alarm clock because you're going to sleep like a baby from now on. You're going to laugh at the goodness of God. I see you testifying that many years of pain in these hips have gone, and you're going to laugh in Jesus' name. And here comes the power of God falling on your life in Jesus' name. Let it fall, let it fall, let it fall. Let it fall, let it fall, let it fall. And best life, the Holy Spirit just falling over your life like, like fresh oil coming into those hips, Beth. Fresh oil coming into those hips in Jesus' name. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. You're going to be able to feel like do gardening or something and, and not be pain, there's be no pain in Jesus' name. God, you're beautiful. You're kind in Jesus' name. How nice. How nice in Jesus' name. How are you feeling, Beth? The pain's gone. Huh? The pain's gone. Oh, just say it one more time. The pain's gone. The pain's gone. That's so nice. Did you think that was going to happen tonight? Oh. What? Don't cry. I don't know what to do when girls cry. I s- I'm joking. I'm joking. It's the last thing I thought of. And is it true? Would you always put other people first? I, yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, that's okay. But he sees you. He sees you. He found you. I'm so proud of you. Now, Beth. I'll say this to everybody. For the next 48 hours, every time you think about your situation, just say, God, thank you for healing me. Because it just pushes off all those little devil thoughts. It tries to whisper to you, it's not going to last, not going to last. It is going to last. A whole lifetime without pain. That's going to be the, your promise. Amen? Good girl, give me a high five. You're a young person. Got to high five me. Amen. Let's give God a big... <laughs> Lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Here comes the power of God just following your life. I need the, the catchers just to stand behind these people just very quickly. Lift your hands. Stretch out your hands, guys. Come on, let's pray for our friends. Pray for our friends. These are our friends. This is the power of God falling on our life. One touch, one word. Father, in the name of Jesus. Here comes. Just put your hand on the shoulder. That's it. Father, in the name of Jesus, the power of God and healing to come on. Touch this life. Falling, let it fall, let it fall, let it fall. Here comes the power of God. Falling, falling, falling. <laughs> falling, 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 falling. <laughs> falling, falling, falling. I can feel like, like the power of God just rising up right now in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit falling. Here comes healing. 
Just receive that right now in Jesus' name. Let it fall. 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 Fall in the slide. Put your hand on her shoulder. Put your hand on her shoulder. Put your hand on her shoulder, Father. Think I'm feeling falling. Feel like like my hands are getting like like man heavy. Fall and let it fall. Let it fall. Here comes healing coming over your life in Jesus' name. All those joints, that broken wrist, hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, let it fall, let it fall, let it fall. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you, Lord. Right now, the power of God falling. Let it fall, let it fall, let it fall, let it fall. Let it fall, let it fall, let it fall, let it fall, let it fall. In Jesus' name, let it fall, let it fall. Let it fall, let it fall. In Jesus' name. Here comes the power of God falling over your life. In Jesus' name. Everything's about to change. Everything's about to turn around. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you, Lord. Healing, let it fall. Let it fall, let it fall, let it fall. In Jesus' name, I believe that with all my heart. How are you feeling? You good? Feeling strong? That's good. Come on, let's give God a big clap and thank Him. Thank you. You know, um, I want you to come tomorrow. I really do. I want you to come. I want you to come believing with a friend. Let's, let's believe that it's limitless. Let's believe that God can just do what He says He's going to do. I'm believing for hundreds of people to find Christ over the next couple of nights. Family, mums and dads. Let's ask again and let's bring some people. Let's, let's build this church for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Pastor, when you come... Thanks, Andrew. Amen. Great. Well, it's good, isn't it? God's an incredibly good God. He's for us. He's not against us. He's going to continue the good work that He's begun. We encourage you, as we said, tomorrow night, Tuesday night at the Entertainment Centre, as you go in the foyer, it's to the left, to the room, to the left. Have a great evening. Have a great uh, day. If you're going to school tomorrow, if you're going to work tomorrow, why don't you go and pray for someone? Step out. See what happens tomorrow. If someone says, I'm not feeling well, why don't you just ask them whether you pray for them. Brilliant. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody.